Hello and welcome back. We're the Horror Movie Crew. I'm Josh. Hello, y'all. Seth. Hey, it's Jess. Ooh, wow. <laughs> she's Super very, bitchy. She's filling out an application or something I over am, there. What are you applying for? Um, just, just answered some questions. Oh. Yeah. Hey, it's Jess. Hey, sorry to interrupt, guys. It's Jess here. I'm trying to sound less porny. <laughs> hmm. That's more fun, though. I thought maybe you were filling something out for your yoga studio. Yeah, it's interpretive my dance, dance. Interpretive dance studio that I own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should take some of the classes. They're fun. You've been? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of ribbon dancing. Ribbon dancing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. But like it was his with idea. A ribbon on the end, and you twirl it around. Oh, do you lead that? Uh, are you the instructor for that particular? Um... No, I am the lead ribbon dancer. <laughs> but I'm not, <laughs> the not the instructor. No. Wow, the lead <laughs> ribbon dancer. Yeah, I always stand in the front. Huh. That actually for <laughs> wait you, a minute <laughs> for you that does not surprise me. Uh, that's true me. in a couple of different areas. Dun, dun, dun. Bum. Jess, what's up? How you been? Good. How have you been? Oh, you know I'm doing okay. I fixed my deck today. What was wrong with it? Fucking railing kept falling off, so um, I had to really zip it in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the deck is fixed. Sort of. I mean, I'd still be shit. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to replace it all. He just like zip tied it, probably. No, I didn't. I'm not that hillbilly, but it's not really out of the realm of possibilities for me. <laughs> no, it's me. not. Zip ties are pretty sturdy. Yeah, they bitch. are true, actually. Fucker. <laughs> Whoa. He's angry. What have you been up to? Just that. <laughs> you know, word. you caught me off guard. <laughs> I was still trying to fill out this application. Damn it. Did you go trick I or treating? Mean, I did go trick or treating. <laughs> for you or oh, for her? for? Just me. I just by myself. <laughs> I w- don't you don't go anymore. By no, yourself? not a, I stopped oh. last year. He he got in trouble. Oops. He was uh, handing out tricker or trick or treat candy in the nude. Uh, yeah, the no. city. The city came. That didn't happen. We're talking about us actually going trick or treating. Oh, yes. my sincerest apology. I wish everybody could have seen your face when I asked you what you've been doing. <laughs> I looked up and looked like like a deer in the headlights. I thought you were gonna fall out of your chair for a minute. <laughs> I was like, I think she's dead. That would have been funny too. Seth had to snap in her face. He was like, "Bitch, wake up!" I know, I'm out of it. Um, but yes, I did take my daughter trick or treating. Oh, and um, it was great. Did she get a lot of candy? Yeah, there were quite a few. Did I mean, you check the candy for yes, razor blades? Yes, we checked mm. the candy. I'm actually at the part in the uh, Two Chicks podcast where you guys are talking about that. Talking about you? The candy razor blade thing. I was talking all kinds of shit about you. I know. I hate him. I hate him. What would you think of our pictures on uh, Instagram of our outfits? Pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Whose was cooler? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You really want me to answer? I thought they were both cool. I think it took too long. I thought you would just throw it out there real quickly. I thought for sure you'd pick him. You just want me to say ghost face. No. No, I didn't want that. I saw it in your eyes. Done with you. <laughs> Seth, what have you been up to? Well, like I said, I was listening to uh, your guest appearance. Oh. How'd I do, you think? Pretty good. Oh, thanks. I actually did very well. It's, it's long, so I haven't finished it yet, but I'm working on it. Is it girthy, though? No. Uh, girthy with content. Ooh. Oh, wow. That could be our tagline. Girthy with content. <laughs> girthy with content. <laughs> and Josh. And Josh. That's great. <laughs> There's nothing about me that's girthy, so... <laughs> this conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, other than that not much else went to a 
small gathering over the weekend. Where at? For Halloween. Here. Oh. <laughs> I like that the summer sausage is back. Oh, yeah. It'll get slammed. You should see this thing. Let her feel the <laughs> sausage. Yeah, feel it. It got it, slammed at the party. It was out at the party and people just kept slamming it. Like, touch it. It's Poke kind it. Of greasy or yeah. something. Like, pretend you're in high school and you're touching your first penis. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Now imitate Seth touching his first penis. Probably just like... <laughs> <laughs> Gobbled it up. You just went mouth first, didn't even touch it or anything yet. I definitely touched it first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Touch before you taste. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, why do we always go down this road? <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a topic that keeps coming up. But Josh's aunt was at the gathering, and you know she listens, so she goes, oh, is this the sausage? And she picked it up and slammed it. <laughs> she did. Wow. That was funny. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that was a good slam. <laughs> See if I can replicate it. All right. Before we get started, I have some news. I hope you guys aren't too upset, okay? Bear with me. Get ready. Are you excited? I was looking at Stabby's ratings and what I was going to rate this movie, but it really got me thinking about my rating for another movie, which was Texas Chainsaw 2003. Okay. I think I'm changing my rating. For Texas Chainsaw? Yes. What the fuck? Maybe. so long ago I know that's the problem is that we did it so long ago I feel like my rating scale now is more in tune <laughs> with what I actually think the movie is because if you remember when we first started I wanted to rate movies out of 10 and you guys were insistent that we rate them out of 5 yeah I thought that was too many so I got outvoted so I was trying to figure out how to rate movies out of 5 and I think I screwed some up at the beginning Scream is one of them and I think Texas Chainsaw, I rated wrong. So I'm going to go back and change my rating. Because you know we're allowed to do that because this is our show. We're going to do whatever the sure. fuck we want to do. I'm changing my rating for Texas Chainsaw to a six. Oh. That's no. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> that even That turns sense. it into an NA. <laughs> a 4.8. I'm changing it to a 4.8. Not to match Jess's because I think she's cool. But just because I think that is where the movie should sit. In relevance to all my other picks. Mm-hmm. So it also changes... <laughs> I'm fucking this whole thing up. It also changes where it sits in our average rating because it actually ties for first place at a 4.7. I didn't realize it until after I changed it on the sheet. So. Yeah, but what was for, first place? What's in first place? Yeah. Uh, the Ring, Texas Chainsaw, The Conjuring, and Rob Zombie's Halloween. See, for me, The Conjuring and The Ring are both far better than Texas Chainsaw. And they're a different type of movie, too. Right. Those, I think, The Ring and The Conjuring more align with your type of movie, though. You like yeah. the, uh, um, uh, what's the fucking word? More of the haunting type movies over yeah. the slasher. Paranormal. Though. Like the spiritual. Spi- yes. Paranormal, yes. spiritual stuff where I am, I like the slasher movies more. I like, I enjoy the paranormal stuff, but I like the slasher movies more. We might have to start breaking these out into like different categories at some point. That's a great segue. Cause well, not really a segue. Cause we're going to talk about it on here. We do need to talk about other stuff. You know, when we have our board meeting, Oh, our staff meeting. Well, if yeah. the fucking mount would have showed up, we'd have the TV and I could show the PowerPoint that I put together. You don't really have a PowerPoint, do you? Yeah. I want to see the PowerPoint. Thank you. It's fucking the best PowerPoint you've ever seen. So, I love PowerPoints. Anyway, I wanted to do it before we get into the Stabby's ratings later, because I thought, one, I would forget, because I'm probably going to be drunk, and two, I probably would have forgot, and I would... Yeah. 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 
So, mm-hmm. anyway, I've upped my rating on Texas Chainsaw to a 4.8. It puts it at a 4.7, which ties it for first place. Cool. Sorry, I had a little bit of housekeeping. We had to get out of the way. <laughs> Just a bit. You feel better? Not really. I feel okay. A little crabby today. Mostly because of the sleeves on this shirt. Look at this thing. Popping. This is a woman's shirt. <laughs> it's just those fucking huge guns you got. Does this not look like a woman's shirt? Mm-mm. Did you not mean to? No, it's a man. It's a men's shirt, but it looks like a woman's shirt. Look at the neck. Oh, I thought you like actually ordered a women's one. No. Don't the women's the ones usually have like shorter sleeves, like like way, these? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it is. What's wrong with the neck? Yeah, the neck looks normal. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No. Okay. I mean, it is a men's shirt, but um, speaking of, you should go to our uh, merch store and buy one of these women's shirts. Yeah. So you guys don't think it looks like a women's shirt? No. No? Okay, good. It's a regular shirt? I feel really, really good now. I feel a lot better. You're worried? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, look at these sleeves. Popping. Yeah. I'm huge. (laughs) My arms are girthy. Come on. We all know that you like the sleeves being short like that so you keep flexing your arms let's, at us let's not pretend that you don't <laughs> he's not saying anything no, i'm going to cut that out nine minutes and 20 seconds <laughs> probably just popped a boner jessica being fucking condescending okay let's get the shout outs so like seth just said he's been sitting around all day listening to me on other podcasts he actually sent me a really shitty text about it he was like I really feel like you give your best self to other people, Josh. You need to bring your A game to our podcast, not these other twats. Can you believe he said that? Wow. I don't actually recall this text message, but... I could hear him saying the twat part. Yeah, yeah. he said that. He but the like, rest of it, no, it doesn't sound like me You said that, and you, with an exclamation mark at the end, he said, fuck Canadian Jesus. Oh, no. I definitely did not say that. <laughs> Are you sure? I am positive. Okay. Well, hey, speaking of them, a podcast on Elm Street. I did a Halloween episode with them. It's out right now. Two Chicks and Horror Flick. I did an episode on Halloween with them. And they are going to come on in December and hang out with us. And I don't know what movie we're doing yet. They're supposed to pick one. Um, and then Chuck Goes to the Movies is going to be on this month with us for a Kruby's request for Cabin in the Woods. Ooh. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Guest stars. Are you going to wear panties for those episodes? I can if you want. I think you should. Are you? No, I don't wear underwear. <laughs> what is this, 1990? Right? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shoot. Okay, let's get into our rapid fire round. Panties. You want to go clockwise or counterclockwise? We went clockwise last time, mm-hmm. correct? Let's go counterclockwise. So I'll read to Jess. Jess will read to Seth. Seth will read to me. We'll start with Jess reading to Seth. So one at a time? Or oh. like, just go down the list? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I haven't really looked at these, but okay. Favorite board game? <sighs> Clue. When are you the most inspired? When I write. When are you most horny? Right now, recording. <laughs> Looking at this t-shirt. <laughs> The short sleeves. Oh my god. If you could teach one subject in school, what would it be? Theater. Favorite beverage? Mm, probably whiskey. Favorite movie? Titanic. Favorite solo artist? Oh god, that's hard. Tina Turner. Fuck off. Seriously? Of really? all time? Yeah, probably. Name three Tina Turner songs. What's Love Got to Do With It? One. Private Dancer. Two. Tonight. And that's a duet with David Bowie. 
Favorite fast food? Ooh. I'm going to have to say Arby's. What about rallies? No, it gives me the shits. <laughs> I'd like to go back and apologize for calling a... you out on Tina Turner because yeah. I was impressed. Yes. Oh, was it my turn to read? Yeah. Jerk. Yeah, pretty much. Ready? Go. Favorite board game? Monopoly. When are you most inspired? Um, now. <laughs> when are you most horny? Uh, when I'm drunk. If you could teach one subject in school, what would it be? Marketing. Favorite beverage? Coffee. Favorite movie? Scream. Favorite solo artist? Eric Church. Name three songs by Eric Church. Um, I, I can't do it. <laughs> Favorite fast food? Taco Bell. Of course. Chipotle. Is Chipotle fast food? I kind of don't put it in that category. I'm going to say no because there's not a drive-thru. Well, who the fuck asked you? I thought you put it open. You opened up the floor. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that wasn't directed at us or whatever. Taco Bell, then, I guess. Hmm. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Favorite board game? Also Clue. When are you most inspired? When I first wake up. When are you most horny? Also when I first wake up. If you could teach (laughs) one. Seth. I'm sorry. If you could teach one subject in school, what would it be? Science. Favorite beverage? Uh, Lemonade. Favorite movie? The Big Lebowski. Favorite solo artist? Lady Gaga. Favorite fast food? Taco Bell. Wow. Lady Gaga, huh? That's interesting. I didn't know that about you. I didn't either. What do you love about Lady Gaga? She's amazing. She's a killer voice. I just think she's awesome. I like her too. I do like Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. You want me to name three songs by her? <laughs> yes, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are going to be like, God, that Josh is a real dick. A real <laughs> butthole. Our more reserved listeners. <laughs> Josh is such a butt face. <laughs> I like butthole better. Because <laughs> I feel like when you say butthole, it's like real gross. So it's kind of like you really feel like you're digging your heels in. Yeah. Like, hey, you Butthole. Really sticks the landing. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> your face looked when you said hole. <laughs> it's like, it's so gross. It's just like when you said, but you made the same face when you say Paul. <laughs> it was a very similar facial Paul. expression. So I feel about the word butthole the way it, ugh, it like cringes me, it like hurts me to say it. Butthole? Butthole. Like, I feel like it looked like you gagged a little bit when you yeah. said it. I think butthole, but. <laughs> <laughs> Now we need a shirt that just says butthole. I can't, the front. <laughs> can't even say it. I feel like I feel more comfortable saying asshole. The butt. So it's really butt? Maybe it is the butt. It's the butt part it's attached the to the hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's the butt being attached to the hole. Right. That's it's just so gross. Out. Like butthole. Yeah. <laughs> my face. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get a picture of me making this <laughs> oh face when I say butthole. Ugh. All right. Let's go into, uh, let's hop into the like, scary movie discussion. We This is HMC episode number 23. I didn't even say that earlier. I sincerely apologize. I know. I'm sorry. We are discussing the movie Sinister, which we didn't even tell people about at the end of the last episode. Uh-uh. Totally skipped but it. Done forgot. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it not as bad if it's plural? (laughs) It's holes instead of hole? 
The only thing worse than a butthole is two buttholes. <laughs> two buttholes. Two buttholes. God, wow. you guys suck. This is Jess's movie. She picked it. Jess, why did you pick this movie? Because it's creepy as fuck. It's good. I forgot how creepy this I movie really is. I really like Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah. Did you, when you look at Ethan Hawke, do you assess him by Seth's first rule? What's that? Seth has a list of rules similar to Randy. Seth, what's your first rule? Would you suck his dick? Yeah. Well, then. Sure. Okay. I actually really like his daughter. She was in the last season of Netflix. Maya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I Maya. like her. She's nice. She's a nice gal. He's aged well. He has. I remember I, I thought he was so. super hot in, um, what was that Robin Williams movie? Dead Poet Society. Oh yeah, yeah. that's old, Seth. Yeah, mm. I'm old. I'm trying to think of the first time, first movie I would have seen Ethan Hawke in. It's the first one I can remember. What came out after that? Oh jeez, I don't know. He was in the movie with the vampires. What the fuck was that? Oh yeah, The Lost Boys. Mm. <laughs> fuck, now I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, I'd have to Google it. The first thing I can remember <clears throat> him in is The Purge. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, he's done a lot of stuff before oh, that. Oh, gosh, yeah. Is he in Training Day? Maybe. Maybe that is him. Okay, then it'd be Training Day. Um, he was in Boyhood, which is newish. 2014 It's a really good movie. Hmm. Um, he was in Training Day. Okay. Dead Poet Society, Reality Bites. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, Gattaca? Gattaca, oh. one of my faves. Is it really? Uh, if if people if they if the the fucking um, porcelain Pete guys would have asked us about trivia on Gattaca, mm-hmm. uh, hands down we would have. Do you know that was filmed at the college I went to? Gattaca. That big weird pointy building. Can I be honest with you? I've never seen. Oh really? Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Gattaca. Uh, he was in the Explorers. Pr- oh, I love that movie. But he was a kid then. Yeah. That was in the eighties. Never 85. seen it. The Explorers, where they make the spaceship out of a tilt-a-whirl and like a trash can. Nope, never seen it. Oh, he's in White Fang. Oh, fuck, that is him in White Fang. Okay. He was in Great Expectations. White Fang Ooh. is the the furthest back I remember Ethan Hawke. He's been in a lot. Hamlet, I remember that. Mm, not watching that. God, he's been in a lot. A lot, a lot. Seth, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? Uh, Vaguely. I know I watched it at home. Um, I believe I was by myself. And Ooh. Yeah, I forgot how fucking creepy this movie is. Yeah, like it gave me the chills in several spots. Yeah, it's real fucking creepy. Yeah. I, I watched forgot. it during the day. <laughs> Just a swigging on a Mountain Dew. What else? Uh, what, you remember your first time watching this, Jess? I saw it in the theater. Really? Mm-hmm. Was it the Gattaca Theater? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually do remember it was the mall theater. Really? The sad mall. The <sighs> Valley Mall. With their stale popcorn? You know they shipped the popcorn in. They didn't make it there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that gross? Isn't it like from downtown? Yeah, they mm-hmm. have like bags popcorn of it. Factory. They have like bags of it in the back. My friend worked there and said that like sometimes they have to throw bags out because mice would get into it. That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Glad that place closed. If they had theaters out regularly like they used to, would you guys go? What do you mean? Like if a movie was out and you really want to see it, would you go see it? If they still had the option to watch it at home, would you pay to watch it at home or would you go to the movie theater and see it? I go to the movie theater. If it's I don't something know. I really wanted to see. I miss going. Yeah. It's an experience. It is. I kept feeling that way as well. And then I don't know when it just something clicked. And I was like, I don't think I really do miss the movie theaters. You know what it is? Old age. 
That could be. <laughs> I am getting older every yeah. day. I think I feel more like that about movies that are visually pleasing, like Marvel movies mm. and Star Wars. Like, I really like seeing those in theater. Yeah. But, like, horror movies, I, I'm cool with watching those at home for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I can see your point. I don't know why. I just The other day I was thinking about that because I think I've asked you guys several times, man, don't you miss going to the movies? And I'm always like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and then I was sitting, I don't know what movie it was. Oh, it was Ready or Not. I was watching Ready or Not the other day. And I was like, I don't know that I would rather be at the movies right now. What do you mean you get to go with your friends and you get to talk yeah. about it after? I don't know. It's kind of fun. I do that with you guys. I know, but you know what I mean. It's an experience. You're the only friends I have. That is true. Yeah. Nobody else wants to hang out with me. Hmm. Ever. I don't know about that. Okay, that's probably true. It's a little bit of an <laughs> exaggeration. Okay. Characters, Ellis and Oswald. That's Ethan Hawke. We just talked about him extensively. Juliet Reliance. Do you know who the fuck that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays Tracy. Um, had an English accent throughout the whole movie. They never really explain where she's from. No. <laughs> just assume she's yeah. British. Fred Thompson. He's the sheriff. James Ranson. It's the deputy. Michael Hall. Daddario is Trevor. And Claire Foley plays Ashley, who, just, just so you know, Seth and I texted about this earlier. I called her Allison through the whole fucking movie for so I don't know why, but in my notes, because then I had to go back wow. and look, and I was like, who is Allison? And I was like, oh, it must be Ellison. I just spelled it wrong, and then it said her. I was like, what the fuck did I do? So this, this, these notes I have would have been a completely different story had I not noticed that and changed it. Yeah, we would have been like, who the hell is Allison? Right? <laughs> Seth would have legitimately thought he watched the wrong movie. I almost did watch so- the wrong movie. What's your first watch story? Oh, oh shit! Um, I think we rented it from the Red Box, mm. but I do remember it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't like expecting for it to be that scary, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I put jump scare throughout a lot of my notes. Oh, like, did you? Question yeah. mark jump scare? Yeah, there's several. Spooky. There are several. Um, I do have a theory on why his wife is British, but we should probably not talk about it now. We should probably talk about it later. Yeah. So I'm going to make a note. Is that okay with you guys? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure, Seth? Director Scott Derrickson, he also did Hellraiser Inferno. Seth, one of your faves. The Day the Earth Stood Still and Doctor Strange. It's an odd one to throw in there. Mm-hmm. It is. How about that? I actually finished a beer with perfect timing to do a crack. How about that? How about that? But I got to tell you, a lot of people are doing beer cracks, so we got to come up with something more original. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like, I mean, were they uh, doing it before? Fuck, I don't did? know these people. Because, honestly, I feel like we started it. You yeah. look real angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not mad. <laughs> And the meat log <laughs> makes a return. It's back. It's back. A little beat up, but it's back. Jess, you want to do the synopsis real quick? Let's do it. True crime writer Ellison Oswald is in a slump. He hasn't had a bestseller in more than 10 years and is becoming increasingly desperate for a hit. So when he discovers the existence of a snuff film following the deaths of a family, he vows to solve the mystery. He moves his own family into the victim's home and gets to work. However, when old film footage and other clues hint at the presence of a supernatural force, Ellison learns that living in the house may be fatal. There it is. You did a great job. Thanks. 
Scene one. <laughs> Opening scene. A home video camera shot over with four people hanging from a tree with bags over their faces and nooses around their neck. Do you notice how like gritty and gross this music was? Mm-hmm. It's like I real fucking loud. It's like creepy as shit right out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Made me real uncomfortable just listening yeah. to the music. Uh, as uh, the image like bounces around, you see a tree branch fall slowly, which pulls the family up into the air by their ropes as their legs dangle and kick around. You can see the pole saw. I didn't notice it till the tree branch started. Yeah, yeah you can see it like moving. You just can't see a person. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah, then, then it like comes down slow and lands on the ground. I, I just thought the tree branch started to fall Mm-mm. off. I didn't notice that at first. I noticed it when he watched it again. Yeah. I, but I didn't notice it like in that first frame of it. So it looks like there's two parents and two children yeah. that are obviously hanging, being mm-hmm. being hung. Sinister shows on the screen as the projector cuts out. <sighs> Scene two, moving day. Ellison gets out of a moving truck carrying a box. Again, Ellison is our main character, played by Ethan Hawke. As he walks through the house, he tells one of the kids to turn their headphones off. He carries the box into an empty office and sits down exhausted. <sighs> I already don't like this guy. I'm not going to lie. Eh, sorry. Mm, he's kind of a prick, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. But yeah. yeah, at this point, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like him. <clears throat> we cut to a sheriff arriving as two deputies are looking at a book, and the one tries to hide it before the sheriff sees it. He says an autograph. Are you kidding me? <laughs> The deputies leave as the sheriff asks Tracy if her husband is around. Inside the house, Ellison is arguing with his daughter about carrying boxes as she is painting on the wall. Do you think these are creepy paintings? Mm -hmm. Yes, they're already creepy, and I find it extremely obnoxious that they're letting their kid paint on the wall. wall. Okay. Okay. Trying to be hip. Be hip on paper, mm-hmm. not on my fucking walls. Or get the chalkboard paint. Yeah, dog. Shoot. Um, he tells they had to move into the house for his new story. If he had stayed at the old house, he'd have to write college textbooks. He tells her that if they don't like it there, once he sells his book, they can move back. Oh, they make like this little weird deal. And then um, he asks her, where do the paintings belong? Only in the bedroom, nowhere else in the house. Okay, Ellison. As Ellison walks out, his wife tells him the sheriff is there. She begs him to be nice. She doesn't want to have to drive five miles under the speed limit everywhere she goes. And still get a ticket. So apparently this <laughs> is not new for this family. Right. This is where we kind of figure out that they've been doing this before. Ellison is not well liked is what I'm gathering. Mm-mm. He walks up and asks the sheriff, is, is there a problem? The sheriff tells him that it's just a friendly visit, but he will not shake Ellison's hand. I hate that, by the way. I watched Sweet Home Alabama the other day, and it just unnerves me when the dad tries to shake the boyfriend's hand and he doesn't shake his hand. Oh. Why <laughs> Why does he not shake his hand? Well, he's mad because, you know, Reese Witherspoon lied to him. But nonetheless, oh. you still shake the guy's freaking hand. Although, you know mm. what? Moving forward, we may not have handshakes anymore. I don't know. That's true. Oh, eventually. Well, maybe. maybe we'll just not. have sword fights. Just elbow bumps. There you go. Or kisses on the mouth. Ellison jokes about the <laughs> Open sh- mouth, tongue kissing <laughs> on the mouth. Ellison jokes to the sheriff about not being a fan. The sheriff asks him to load his boxes back on the truck and leave. Ellison asks him if he, uh, is it the writing? The sheriff tells him, no, nah, it's more the content. So basically we find out in this scene that uh, the sheriff doesn't like Ellison because he doesn't portray police officers very kindly in his books, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Ellison tells him that not everyone in your line of work gets it right, and the sheriff tells him that ah, I've read your books, and neither do you. The sheriff tells him that he got it right in Kentucky Blood. That was a fine piece of writing. 
Cold Denver Morning, Blood Diner, he got it all wrong. Your bad theory helped a killer go free. You ruined people's lives. This town doesn't need that. Ellison tells him that there's a missing girl there, and the sheriff tells him that that girl ain't missing. She is dead. I like this sheriff. He's very gritty. He's very to the point. Mm -hmm. Very. Mm -hmm. I think we're supposed to get from that that he he really does not like Ellison, and I think Mm -hmm. it's also supposed to show us that Ellison's previous work probably... um, wasn't really on point with what happened mm-hmm. in those yeah. stories. And it kind of showcases that Ellison is a douche. Yeah. Douche mm-hmm. with a capital D. Ellison tells him that uh, that doesn't mean that they should let it go. The sheriff tells him that this is something you can't explain. And if you could believe it, <laughs> and if you could <laughs> believe it, you're wasting your time. I don't really get that, but that's fine. Ellison tells him that one thing about writing true crime is that when a police officer tells him he's wasting his time, all it means is that the police officer thinks they're wasting their time. The sheriff tells him that's clever. You ought to write that down. <laughs> hmm. Hear my paper? Mm-hmm. Sheriff, uh, you know, the sheriff lets him know that his department is not at his disposal, so he's not going to be getting any help from then. El- um, Ellison walks away. The sheriff tells him that he... He, find, he finds that point, and he like points to the house, is in very bad taste. So at this point, we don't know what he's talking about, but mm-hmm. I had a pretty good idea of what he was talking about. Me too. Yeah. Ellison walks up to Tracy, and Tracy asks him if they moved into a house a few doors down from a crime scene. He promises that they didn't, but as they walk into the house, and he looks out the back door, we see the tree, or out the back window, we see the tree from the beginning of the movie that the kids were hung on, mm-hmm. or the family was hung on. I found it odd that the like b- dead branch was still there, like the one that they cut. Yeah. Like you think somebody would have removed it? Was it just hanging there? It was it, like, was, it was like still kind of attached, mm-hmm. but like just laying ground. up against oh. the tree. Yeah. Do you think they left it so that we would know that was the tree? Probably. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just talk about like an actual scenario. So they're living in the house that this murder happened in, mm-hmm. and he didn't tell his wife. <laughs> nope douche like how does she not know where they're living though also like i blame her a little bit that doesn't make a lot of sense does it but doesn't somewhere in here she say that like she doesn't want to know what he's writing about like she doesn't like to know about the story yeah i guess i just if i was moving my kids to a different house i would probably know a little bit more yeah about it true I don't know. Especially being with him because she makes the comment, did we move down the road from a murder scene again? So, like, obviously this had happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Would you guys move into a house where you knew a murder happened? No. Probably not. Mm -mm. What if you got a really good deal on it? I guess it would depend on the nature of the murder. In this Mm -hmm. instance, no. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Granted, it was outside, I guess. That's true. All right, scene three, thump, thump. The scene opens with Ellison breaking into the attic. As he does, there's an insect on the floor that he crushes. Is it, I thought it was a crab, but later I think it's a scorpion. It is, because yeah. I put a lizard, question mark, and then I thought it was maybe a mouse. I'm like, okay. Where do these people live? Does this say where this movie takes place? Uh, it's in Pennsylvania. Are there scorpions in Pennsylvania? I don't think so. Okay. Because no. we see the sheriff badge. I think that just must be one of those bad omen type uh, things. Because yeah, aren't those like out west and like... The, the desert, the desert type yes. states, yeah. Well, we find out later kind of why it's a scorpion, but at this point, I was like, what the fuck is that, a crab? Uh, well, so, and like this movie's so dark, 
Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, watched yeah. it during the day. It was like really hard to see a lot of the stuff. That's I, true too. I literally put like so dark. I know. I was like, I have the lights on. <laughs> I was like, why is it so dark? I don't remember it being like that. Totally. Totes. In the attic, he finds a projector and films in a box that are labeled. Um, one of the tapes I think says 2011. Did they use projector tapes like this in 2011? I mean, not commonly, no. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. that was like really weird. Like, you think they would have like camcorder tapes? Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? We cut to the family eating Chinese food as Tracy tells them to enjoy the meal because they will not be eating out much this time. We find out that they have two mortgages, and their money is very tight until they sell their other house. Tracy tells the kids that they are not to go into uh, into Ellison's office. Trevor's only twelve, but should not be seeing that stuff again. So again. Breaking down these scenes pretty heavily. Now we'll fly through the other ones, but I think it, this really sets the groundwork, right? So these mm-hmm. people don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Which would explain why there's no lights on in this house. Ever. <laughs> ever. Like, ever. Like, even this scene, I've made a comment. It was just the light over the table and, like, nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, Tracy was going off in the dark and bringing food back. It was like, where's she going? Very odd. Um, obviously, he writes true crime books. He didn't. If he stayed in an old house, he would have to write textbooks, which he didn't want to do. And then she says Trevor's only twelve, but should not have seen, should not be seeing this stuff again. So obviously he probably got into his office and saw pictures mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, uh, Trevor tells him that he might as well tell them the kids at school will hate him and tell him all about it anyway. So later that night, Ellison kisses Tracy goodnight as she asks him how long they will be at this house. She clearly does not want to be here. Mm-mm. Tells her it could be for a while, but he needs another hit, just one more. She tells him the Kentucky blood was ten years ago. What if that was your 15 minutes of fame? You can't spend the rest of your life chasing after it. You can't waste these years with the kids. She tells him that she can't do this again. If it goes sour like last time, she'll take Trevor and Ashley and go to the home, go to her uh, sisters. Ooh, ultimatum. <sighs> yep, poor Allison. I mean, mm. Ashley. You know I said I had Allison the whole time. <laughs> okay, so again, groundwork being laid here. Probably uh, Allison's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of a prima donna. Found success once, hasn't found it again, but he keeps trying, moving his family all over the place, and then I'll talk about it more later, but he drives me nuts with how bad of a daddy is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as he leaves, we see her face, and she looks worried. Scene four, where are you? Uh, Ellison's office is littered with crime scene photos and maps. He has a pic of the attic, but there's no box. Mm. Interesting. How did it get there? Hmm. He sets up a projector and starts to roll one of the movies. The video shows a family outside the, in a yard playing, gardening, swinging on a tire swing. A son and a father pass a football as a little girl plays on a swing. Um, I didn't know what this was. Like, who in the fuck are these people? Did you guys recognize these people at first? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Then the film cuts to the family's hanging from the tree, and then in the video, it's basically the video we saw earlier at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, the scene was sad, but honestly, it was pretty cool how it showed the projector. Like, so the scene itself, uh, the camera starts and it shows the projector rolling and the mm-hmm. lights and stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool how it showed the projector. Um, but the one thing we noticed during the scene is that the family's all in it. So yeah. who is like videotaping? Right. Yeah. So it's very, very creepy when you think about it from that aspect. Uh, he pours himself a glass of liquor and turns the video back on to watch it again as he takes notes. His first note, ha- uh, who made the film? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty smart, guys. I don't know if you know this or not. And where's Stephanie? Where the fuck is Stephanie? 
As he finishes his drink, he says, why would you film it? Obviously, this guy's not right, Allison. Yeah, I would be stopping there. That one reminds <laughs> me a lot of The Ring. Mm. Just with the, like, the mm. grainy mm-hmm. like film yep. and somebody else filming it. Yep. Yes, yeah, so that comes into play later. Uh, I forget where. But I do have a note on it. We'll get to it, Jess. We'll get there, Jess. We see Ellison go back out and look at the tree. The wind starts to blow as he gets cold and goes back inside. Um, I really liked how it zoomed in on the tree, and then you could hear that creaking noise. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that was or what it was supposed to be, but it really creeped me out. <laughs> back in the house, he is walking and believes he hears something. As he goes to check on it, we see something walk behind him. He opens the laundry room door, and his daughter is rubbing her eyes, saying she can't find the bathroom. Back in a room, they discuss her wall paintings. She asks him if he's going to write a really good book this time so they can go home. This dude's under some serious pressure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I'm guessing they have like no money, basically. And nobody wants to be there at all. No. Mm-mm. So Ellison goes back to the office and puts a new film in the projector. Again, it's a family footage film, um, but it looks a lot older. Yeah. And again, looks who, 60s. Who is filming this family? That's That was my main question. Well, but. this one almost looks like stalkerish. Yeah. Because especially when it films them like getting in the car. Yes. Like that was, mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, so this is something weird. Um, suddenly the camera cuts to a flashlight view of a car, which is, uh, there's people chained inside of it. And uh, there's gas cans like sitting on top of them. And uh, to well, they're says, like, go ahead. No, well, to your point, the gas cans are like those old school gas cans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're like duct taped, you know, like their wrists and their mouth. And then there's chains around the car, I'm guessing, so they can't open the doors. Uh, right, correct, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Which is creepy. It just looks scary. Mm-hmm. We see someone throw a fire in, so throw some sort of fire in the gas, in, in the gas, in the car, and then the uh, car goes up in flames. Elson finishes his whiskey again. Does this guy have a drinking problem, maybe? He picks up the phone and calls the operator and requests the police. A woman tells him that it's Kane County Police Department. She continues to say that this is... Uh, <laughs> She continues to say this as he walks over to his bookshelf and sees all of the books on his shelf. He hangs up. So he never answers her and never tells her who he is, what he wants. Did you notice in the car scene? Well, one, we see the symbol on the hood. But did you notice the car like moving? Like they must have been like flailing around Mm. inside. I was like, oh, God. Oh, no, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was like real subtle. Yeah, I was like, ooh, Yuck. Um, That has to be like the worst death. To be oh, burnt, yeah. burned alive. God, yeah, yeah, that would be awful, especially if you're like in the flames. Yeah, like I think in a house fire, don't they say generally you pass out from the smoke before you actually burn I up? Think yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But if you were like in a car like mm-hmm. that, ugh. yeah, give me drowning. But I still think drowning would suck. Mm. Yeah, that wouldn't be good either. Well, how would you want to go? And now you can't say peacefully in my sleep either. It's a cop out. I think drowning would still be better than burning. Yeah, I mean, shot in the head obviously would be the fastest. Maybe. How you know it wouldn't send your nervous system into a freaking frenzy? True. I don't know. None of these. I mean, I don't want it to do any of these things. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Maybe falling from like really tall because that should be pretty instant. Oh, God. But it would be terrifying on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't know. So Ellison uh, asks himself after he hangs up, you left the box. Why? The next film on the projector shuts off as Ellison hears a door creaking in the other room. He thought it was his daughter again, so he goes to check, but he finds that she's still asleep in bed. As he shuts her door, he hears creaking above him and down the hall. I have a note. Seth, you already hit on it, but why is this house so freaking dark? I don't know. I've made several. Here, I said, turn some damn lights on. Right. 
So he creeps down this dark-ass hallway and gets to the edge of a room. There's a box on the floor that looks like it's moving. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, Ellison's son, Trevor, folds like out of the box oh, backwards wow. and starts screaming at the top of his lungs. Ellison grabs him, picks him up, uh, telling him to breathe and look at the stars. He ran outside with him, I think, to get the cool air. Mm -hmm. um, oh, God. Tracy comes up and asks Ellison why... Or No, I'm sorry. Trevor wakes up and asks Ellison why he's outside. That's when Tracy runs out and... Uh, so that he hasn't had one of these in forever. She thought they were over. Mm -hmm. Ugh, this fucking scene, dude. I didn't even realize that was him at first. I thought it was like some girl. It looked like a girl. Yeah, yeah. it took He's me a, a second. He's a creepy looking kid. Yeah. You thought he was creepy? Mm -hmm. I thought the daughter was creepy. She was really? too. Yeah. I don't know. Something about his face was like <laughs> super creepy. I didn't think the daughter was that creepy. Really? Oh, I thought she was very creepy the whole movie. I think um, just her like drawings and whatnot were creepy. Yeah, maybe that was it. But got like a night terror where you go and climb in a box. Like I don't know. Does that really happen, dude. As the, so as they walk into the house, Ellison tells Tracy he wants to tell her something. Rather than tell her the truth, he just mm. says that he's sorry and they go inside. Yeah. Okay, so this fucking scene was terrifying. Especially when he like folds out of that box. Yeah, like yeah. a co contortionist. Could you imagine if you had a kid that had like night terrors like that? No. Mm -mm. I'd be petrified. That would suck. Yeah. Oh, dude. I would be petrified. So apparently this was taken from director Scott Derrickson's life. His son actually has night terrors uh -oh. and something similar to this happened to them. God. He said that it was the craziest thing. His son would just look at you and just like start screaming bloody murder. Oh my God. Yeah. Could, I don't know. I couldn't imagine. Ugh. Buzz. <laughs> scene five i was in a box ellison and trevor are eating breakfast and trevor asks him i was in a box i don't remember any of this he tells him that that's not the strangest place they've ever found him the mom jokes about finding him uh trying to pee in a dryer ashley tells him that she thinks uh she had a night terror also i think don't they kind of just like shrug her story off mm -hmm. like yeah okay uh, then they change the subject and start talking about the first day of school. Tracy says she'll um, have a nice morning with your murder victims. That's right. So she says she'll take him to school because she has to run errands. Yeah. Seth, you're so fucking smart. I know. I try. Once they leave, Ellison goes back to the projector and starts watching the video of another family who are swimming in a pool and eating lunch. Like, how many of these fucking videos is this guy going to watch? I'm like, dude. I wouldn't. I would not be. No, I'd be like, like mm. it's one thing to watch a movie of this stuff happening, but like these are like home videos. Yeah. <laughs> the projector cuts to later in the evening when it's dark and the family are taped to chairs as they pull. They're pulled backward by a rope, pulling them into the pool, drowning them, killing them. As the camera shows the water, there's a white face under the water looking <laughs> back at the camera as Ellison shuts it off. He turns the camera back on and rewinds the film to pause on the thing's face. So it kind of looks like a white mask with black triangle eyes and black mm -hmm. lipstick on. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe it. And did you notice when he walks up to the film and like waves his hand in front of it, there's no shadow. I didn't notice yeah. that. Oh. But as he's doing that, the projector catches on fire. So he walks up, waves his hand in front of it. The projector catches on fire. 
And then he like Googles how to fix Super 8 film. Mm-hmm. How to splice it back together. It's mm-hmm. pretty smart, huh? Mm-hmm. He plays a projector, but also records the screen with the camcorder. So he fixes the tape, plays it, but then he starts recording the projector screen with his camcorder. Very smart. On the new version of the film, the demon's face is gone due to the tape burning. His videotape session is broken up by Trevor and Tracy fighting. Tracy tells uh, tells him that Trevor is acting out again. She is pissed. She's not happy. Mm-hmm. He drew a tree with four people hanging from it on the whiteboard in permanent marker. I think she was more mad about him ruining the whiteboard than the drawing. Yeah. Not concerned about what Trevor did, Ellison asked if that's all Trevor heard was that four people had been hung from a tree. So he clearly does not want her to know that this is the house this happened in. Prick. Yeah, he's a real prick. She looks at him and says, well, isn't that enough? He tells her to calm down. It was bound to happen. Ellison tells uh, tells her that bad things happen to good people and they deserve to have their stories told. She runs off and tells him that he's a real man of the people. (laughs) oh man I think he should just fucking tell her at this point I know I mean like if this was you and your wife wouldn't you tell her yeah but also you have to keep in mind like his kids are clear the one sleepwalking the other kid already has night terrors but clearly like they're getting worse because of this house Mm -hmm. and then she's gonna find out anyway right right like so why wait you know unless he thinks that she's gonna make him leave and he won't be able to finish it maybe Mm, that's true because we see later how upset she gets. Well, I feel like most people would just, you know, those people that watch the movie and like, oh, I would just leave the house because of all these things that are going on, right? But with the aspect of what he's trying to do in the situation they're in, I don't know that he thinks this is a big deal because he's probably like used to this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. True. So he's probably, okay, my kid has night terrors. Like he has them anywhere we're at. Yeah, so I guess to them, it's not anything new. To him, but I still, this, him not telling her leads me to believe that she would probably be not happy. Right. Scene six, later that night, Tracy comes home to Ellison's office and tells him that she's putting the kids to bed. He tells her to kiss them goodnight for him. This shit, this shit drives me crazy. It would take this dude two minutes to get up and go tell his kids goodnight and put him to bed. And he doesn't. He drives me nuts. Like, I'm getting angry. I'm getting physically <laughs> angry over here. So he puts on another projector tape, and we see the scene is at night with the cameraman walking through a house with a flashlight. Goes upstairs, and we're looking room to room. We see the camera walk up to a dog that barks, and there's a boy taped to a bed with his mouth shut. Along with a girl taped to a bed, we see the person walk up to the girl and slit her throat with a knife. As they continue to move through the house, we see more people taped to beds. Uh, this time, a younger boy, about the same age as Trevor, I think, probably. Yeah. Um, as the scene rolls, Ellison starts drinking his whiskey right out of the bottle. <laughs> uh, he switches the laptop, switches to the laptop camcorder version of the film, and as he's going through the video, slowly he finds a marking on one of the walls, which looks like a tribal sig- a symbol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same one as the car hood. So I didn't notice it on the car hood. This is the first time I noticed it. Yeah, because he prints this one out and hangs it up next to the printing of the car hood symbol. He continues to watch the tape and he pauses it. He changes the contrast on the screen and you see St. Louis on the like top right-hand corner of the screen. I guess maybe it was the film labeled or something. I thought it was like a school book. I thought it said St. Louis something school. Is that what it was? Yeah. Damn it, dude. You but, are just... <laughs> you know what I thought was cool in this scene is the throat slitting. They didn't like show it. It was in the reflection of his glasses. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. That's different. I mean, you saw it, but it was like, you know, a reflection of it. The cinematography in this movie is really good mm-hmm. from the projector thing earlier to this. And yes, it's very dark, but I think that that probably makes the movie spookier. It 
does. It does. It just made it hard to see stuff. Yeah. Um, so again, he Google searches, or I don't know what he's using. Maybe he's using Ask Jeeves. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the St. Louis murders and finds a new video explaining that the family had been murdered except a young boy. The young boy was assumed to have been kidnapped. As he's watching the video, he hears a loud creaking noise upstairs. Again, why is he sitting in the dark? This drove me nuts for most of the movie. But anyway, he hears a loud creaking noise as he grabs his flashlight to go check on what it was. As he walks through the house, he continues to hear creaking and cracking from what sounds like it's above his head. He searches the house to find that both of his kids are still asleep and in bed. So clearly they're not sleepwalking. This part kind of annoyed me because it's his phone flashlight. And like you can't mm. see shit. Yeah. Mm. Like I can't even tell where in the house he is. Okay. Like why didn't he just go get a flashlight? Uh, well, we know he had one because he had one earlier, right? So I agree with it you. It kind of annoyed me. There's suddenly a loud thump upstairs. Ellison goes to the kitchen and grabs a butcher knife. He walks uh, to the hallway and pulls the attic door down. He ascends the steps with only his flashlight and knife in hand. As he enters the attic, the only thing we can see on the screen is his knife and flashlight. I also like that, though, because we couldn't see anything that was going on in this scene other than his flashlight and his knife. Right. So it's like uh, the shot of him in the attic and why he's up there the camera like you can't see anything around him or anything Mm -hmm. so it's i'm just like waiting this entire time for something to like pop up and scare the shit out of me but it doesn't i would not go in that dark ass attic fuck no like like why didn't he wake his wife up right well i guess since she would know something was up but wouldn't you be like hey can you just come stand at the bottom of these right this ladder while i go up here and look and not to mention, he's not a quiet dude. The whole time he's walking through this house, he's loud as shit. Yeah, yeah I mean, he pulls those stairs down and he's not trying to be quiet about <laughs> no. it or anything. He's just no. like... Always like, like, like flipping the light switches uh, and like... It's like that scene in The Conjuring where the walls start shaking and all the pictures fall off and mm. none of the kids wake yeah. up. Uh, so Ellison hears another loud bang and he screams, which I thought was kind of funny. He walks toward a box and <laughs> finds nothing in it. He finds a black box on the floor and grabs a fire poker. I don't know why the fire poker is upstairs, but it is in the attic. He flips the box over and there's a huge snake under the box. This snake is so freaking gross. It's like white with black stripes. Mm-hmm. That's big. In the scene, again, to go back to the cinematography of how it was shot by the director, like the camera, because he has his um, phone flashlight, like Seth said, and it's just like bouncing all over the place. Mm-hmm. So like you see the snake, but like, I felt like I was in his shoes because I couldn't tell where the hell the snake was at. Mm-hmm. It like slithers around. Like I mm-hmm. feel like that's how I would be freaking out yeah. up in the yeah. attic like that. Um, on the floor, Ellison finds pictures of a tree, uh, the tree with the family hanging from it, and it's labeled Family Hangout. But off to the side is a man standing there, and there's a line with the words Mr. Boogie. Yeah, I call him Bugs I through the rest that. of it. Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> He then finds pictures labeled pool party, another labeled barbecue, and sleep time with all Mr. Boogie standing and watching. So these are all pictures drawn of the images or the movies he's already watched. Mm. And then now there's this face or the face of the guy Mm. we saw on the one, but Mr. Boogie standing and watching. So I think we're led to believe that that's who's filming these videos. And I believe the drawings are on the lid of the box that the projector was in. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. As he's looking, he hears... uh, I'm sorry, as he's looking at these... He hears the attic door shut, and as he walks toward it, he falls to the floor <laughs> into the hallway. Chevy Chase style from Christmas Vacation. But if he you noticed, does. which comes into play later, he kind of pauses before he actually falls all the way through. Mm. There's like a, and then he falls. So he falls through, but he's like holding on, right? Yeah. yeah but okay. it's kind of an awkward pause, and then he goes. Yes. Well, did you notice why later? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All That's right. why I just wanted to note it now. Scene seven, Deputy Doofy. A paramedic is... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's got to remind me of Dewey. A paramedic is at the house and wants to take Ellis to the hospital, but of course he won't go. He shows a deputy the hole in the ceiling and walks him through what happened. The officer tells him that it's impossible to close the door um, to the attic without pulling the stairs from the inside. You can't pull the stairs up from inside the attic, I think is what he was saying, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then he asks him if he can have a, co- a signed copy of Kentucky Blood. Ellison takes him to his office. When they get in there, the cop sees all of the... Um, the uh, crime board that he's got mm-hmm. set up, basically. And um, I think Ellison kind of uses this as an opportunity to get information from this Oh yeah, deputy. Sure. Kind of get him on his side. Mm-hmm. So uh, this deputy is definitely a fanboy, right? Oh, yeah. Because he's like, if there's anything I can do to help. At first, I called the crime board a vision board, and I was like, that's not the right <laughs> name for this. No, oh. vision board. What's a vision board? I think it's like where you're supposed to like put your goals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, yeah. his goal is to find the guy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. This is more like a solving board. Yeah. <laughs> Police crime board. <laughs> um, so I think the deputy says, yeah, I'll help you out, but I can't look for anything until the sheriff leaves the office. Cause obviously the sheriff does not want the, anybody helping him. Right. Mm. So we cut to Ellison watching a new clip of himself on a talk show, talking about how he writes true crime and investigates because of the injustices of the unsolved cases. He then says he does it for the justice. He'd rather cut his hands off than write a book for fame or money. This dude's full of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. As he's watching this video of himself on a talk show, you can like tell on his like, the look on his face that like he knows he's lying when he's saying this. And this is where it kind of shows. And I know you said 10 years because I missed it, that the tape is like a lot older than like current time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then you know it's been a while since. Yeah. And he's obviously stuck on that. Well, this also really, for me, because I, I listen to some of those true crime podcasts and I've read some of the books and the books on tape, but it makes me wonder how true those books and shit really are mm-hmm. or if those people are just trying to get paid so they're just like inflating it for entertainment purposes. I'm sure. I imagine it's some of both. Yeah, probably. Fuckers. Bastard. Buttholes. <laughs> Buttholes. <laughs> Ellison puts the tape away and we see that he has a ton of them in his drawer. So he's got a bunch of them in there. Just, it looks like interviews of himself. Scene eight, more investigating. The next morning, Ellison looks through the images on his computer of the families who were murdered, viewing all these pictures, comparing them to the videos. He, he happens to find a still from the hanging tree video of what appears to be Mr. Boogie in the bushes. So is this where you notice the handsaw? No, I saw it in the very beginning. Oh. You know those saws that are like on a pole? It's what it kind of looked like. Like you could see this red thing in the crack oh. of the branch like going like that. I got you. Okay, so Mr. Boogie is in the the bushes watching all this mm-hmm. happen. The same thing is found on the barbecue tape uh, where the man with the dark eyes and the white face is in the background. We cut to Tracy making Ellison's coffee. He's very particular about his coffee, she says. Mmm. Comes into play later. As Ashley brings him the coffee... He opens the door and takes it from her without even acknowledging her presence and then just shuts the door in her face as Mm -hmm. the phone rings. And then you see her standing there just like looking at the door. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know why, but this scene like broke my heart. I was like, oh, that poor little girl. Super butthole. Yep. Mega butthole. (laughs) The girl? Oh, him. I'm kidding. On the phone is Deputy Doofy. He tells them that there is a Martinez family that had been burnt in their garage in Sacramento, California. And the Miller family... Uh, murders were one of the other murders on the tape. The numbers of the houses, the houses were 2976. 
Ellison, uh, as he hangs up, he like hangs up on the guy because he realizes two nine seven six is m- very common between all these houses or between all these mm-hmm. murders, right? And he just fucking hangs up on. If I was his deputy, I would not help this guy. Mm-mm. He's starstruck. You think that's what it is? That's yeah. like if Stephen mm-hmm. King came around mm-hmm. and wanted help. He's writing a book about Ur- Urbana. You'd be like, oh yeah, let me help. Yeah, I probably if he hung up on me, I don't know if I'd be that upset. I think he'd be a fanboy. Just be like, I helped. I helped. I did something. <laughs> So Ellison's looking at a case file and he finds that before moving to the tree house murder home, the family lived at an address starting with the same 2976. Um, as Ellison is reading the file, we can see Mr. Boogie on the screen beside him in the still photo from the video. <laughs> oh, this yeah, fucking creeps me out. This gave out. me a freaking chill. Slowly, Mr. Boogie starts to look up at Ellison and Ellison has like no idea that he's watching him. He looks back at the picture on the screen, but Mr. Boogie's already looking down. This, mm. like, creeped me the fuck out, That's very, dude. very creepy. He's so creepy mm. looking. Yes. He like, really is. Ugh. I think it's the black, like, the eyes being, like, black I think so, and so, like, combined with his nose is, mm. like, really weird. It's almost like he doesn't have a nose. That's almost like yeah. it's missing. Uh, I don't know. Ellison looks back at the computer, and there's a video of him falling to the floor. As he pauses the video, he can see that there were two hands that grabbed his shoulders and pulled him down through the floor. Well, there's two, and then there's like several other ones come up. Oh, is there more than just two? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh, I only caught the two. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch, Seth. You're a smart man. Yeah, I know. Scene nine, the rogue projector. We see Ellison and Tracy sleeping as the sound of the projector can suddenly be heard. This shit creeps me the fuck out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like your clock that fell. Oh, yeah. Ugh, dude. This is the point where I was like, it's time to leave. Yeah. Let's pack <laughs> yeah. up our shit and it's go. It's happening every night. Like, yeah. So Ellison wakes up. He walks to his office calling for the kids. Again, he thinks the kids are in there trying mm-hmm. to watch the tapes. As he enters his office, he sees the video of the family hanging from the trees playing on the projector and on the laptop. Mm-hmm. He walks up, turns the projector off, and pauses the laptop. He walks over and grabs a picture from the board and examines it by the window. You guys have to help me out here because as he drops the picture down, he sees, is it something outside of the window? Yeah, he sees Boog standing out in the bushes. That's what that was? Yeah. Yeah. Almost looking exactly the same way as it does in that Mm -hmm. picture. Like he drops it and it it like looks the same. Really? Yeah. That was a jump scare for me. I put Seth jump scare. Mm. Well, I was taking notes, and at this point, I had already paused 5,000 times. So I was like, if I pause again, I'm never going to get through this movie. Yeah, because then he Mm. closes his eyes and opens them, and he's gone. Okay. Because I was like, something. Because you know how I listen to everything with headphones on, but Mm -hmm. it was like something jumped. So I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, so it was Mr. Boogie. Standing out in the bushes. Which I wouldn't close my eyes. Yeah, I would be like. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> He's like, clearly seen yeah. Halloween H2O where Jamie Lee Curtis does this same trick. Mm-hmm. And That's it true. works. That's true. And it works. Calm down, Lori. Oh, Lori. What the fuck, John? <laughs> <laughs> Ellison grabs his baseball bat and goes outside to check. As he walks toward the woods, he sees the bushes are moving. And as he moves the light, ugh, so he moves the light over to the right. And we see Trevor's eyes mm. peeking through the bushes. Did you hear the growling? Not yet. Yeah, I heard growling here. So you th- was it Trevor growling or you think it was a dog? Well, we find out in a minute. And Yeah, but oh, dude, this like also freaked me out. I was like, oh, yeah. my God. But again, I didn't realize it was him at first. The kid's face in that scene, like in the bushes or whatever, reminded me of the grudge 
the chick's face. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. they kind of look like that. Because it's like super white. Yeah. Like whitewashed. And his eyeballs are like huge. Yeah. And, and he's like shaking. His mouth's like yeah. open. He's like, oh, like, what the fuck is happening with this kid? I know. I, this creeped me out. Everything about this mm-hmm. guy, this kid creeps me the fuck out. But yeah, yeah like, cause you're not expecting it. He like moves the flashlight over mm-hmm. and there's his like eyes are like in the bushes. See, yeah. I was bracing for Boogie to be in there. Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> when you call him Boogie, it really, it really minimizes his no. bugs. Scare. That's even worse. <laughs> Ellison brings, <laughs> Ellison brings him back in as Tracy sits with him on the couch. Ellison tells her that he has to go back outside. He forgot something. As he goes back outside, he bends down to pick up his flashlight. He hears a dog snoring. So, Seth, mm-hmm. this is the first time I heard the dog growling. I heard it before. He picks up the light and shines it on the dog. So, Ellison can't reach his bat, but we see that the dog is actually growling at the four people in the shadows, which are behind Ellison. Jump scare. And it looks like the family that were hung, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dog suddenly just walks away. So, you get a shot from the dog's point of view, I think, and you see Ellison, but behind him in like the the shadowy mm. moonlit mm-hmm. fog, yeah, are these four just like people standing there? But they look like they're dead, kind of like they look gross. Yeah, it was like it wasn't like I know you said like jump zombified. scare, but it didn't jump scare for me. It was just like unsettling. Mm-hmm. It did for me because I kind of panned to it quickly. Okay, and I was like, ah. Oh. So back in the house, Tracy tells Ellison that Trevor is too old to be having these. Please drop the book. We can leave town and never come back. You've been at this book for less than a week. You never crack into the whiskey this early and this bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He tells her that he's, he's on to something huge. This could be his in cold blood, a movie deal. This is his one shot. She tells him that he came in white as a ghost. He laughs and tells her that he saw a dog, Cujo Big. There's a knock at the door, and it's the deputy bringing Ellison his files that came in. He tells Ellison that he knows the murders are connected. Ellison takes him to his office, and the deputy immediately asks who the man in the picture is. So he's got a picture of Mr. Boogie up there. I wonder why. Is it supposed to be the Boogeyman? Is that why they call him Mr. Boogie? That's I how I so, took it. Yeah. Okay. Because Boogeyman's always supposed to come get children in the mm-hmm. night. And that's gotcha. basically what he does. Okay, makes sense. So the deputy tells him that they treat, or Ellison, I think, tells him he's traced the murders back to the 60s, and he believes that the killer... Uh, drugs his victims so that he will not have to overpower them. He hung one family using a tree branch to do the heavy lifting. He burnt one family. He drowned another. He tells the deputy that all of the murders except one have the commonality of the family being murdered and the child being abducted. And the only other significant link is the symbol that appears at several of the crime scenes, which is the symbol we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. The deputy tells him that the sign looks like something of an occult. I had to rewind it like six. I'm like, what is he saying? Occult? You guys familiar with this term? Occult? Oh, isn't you're, you're thinking it's one whole word? It is. O C C U L T. I turned the subtitles on. Occult. Oh. I think that's I just like he just a cult, said right? A cult. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid. He tells him to call <laughs> Professor Jonas over at the university. He's an occult expert, and the FBI bring him in from time to time on the big cases. We cut to a projector being started, and a film plays. We see a family inside of a house watching TV as someone watches them from outside. This one really fucking creeped me out. Uh, the scene. We see that later in the evening, the cameraman is pushing a lawnmower as the, he videotapes it walking through the house. Like out of nowhere, the boy appears and the lawnmower runs right over his face. That was a jump scare for me. It was for me too, but it was also really freaking creepy. I knew it was coming. It took so long to I get know. to it though. I'm like, when is it going to mow over this person? So he's <laughs> like, pushing it for a while and I'm like, hmm. Well, even Ellison freaks out at this point because he shuts yeah. the tape off. But it was like, holy cow. Why they didn't show anything. That's probably, Ugh. for me, that was probably the worst one, I think. Oh, yeah. 
Um, scene 10, Professor Jonas. Ellison sits down and is having a video call with Professor Jonas. He tells Ellison that he's a big fan of, and is flattered that he asked him for his help. He tells him that as soon as he saw the symbols, he knew exactly which cases he was working on. The symbols he'd sent over weren't a pentagram. It's not something you'd see teenagers or a Norwegian black metal band using to piss off parents and Christians. The one from the hallway is from the late 90s from St. Louis. The car hood is from Sacramento. It's a symbol associated with the worship of a pagan deity. At this point, I was like, nobody that listens to our podcast is going to believe that my dumbass knows what a pagan deity is, okay? Mm-mm. So it dates back to the Babylonian times. Bagul, 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 bagul. It says Bagul. Bagul. We can the, call him Bagel if you want. Now we'll call him Bagul. The eater of children. Ooh. The crimes you're dealing with all have missing children, correct? Bagul eats children. He needs the souls of human children to survive. Mm-hmm. Each story revolves around how he tricks children into following him into his world where he slowly consumes their souls. Whoa. Yeah. Any worship would involve blood sacrifice and a wholesale eating of a child. He tells Ellison that the few times this symbol has shown up um, at crimes, they weren't related. Ellison tells him that he thinks that there's been another one, and Jonas tells him to tell him everything he can. Mm -hmm. We see Ellison locking up his office and putting the tapes away. The camera cuts back to Ellison sleeping in bed as the projector again Turns on by itself. He goes back to his office. Looks freaking terrified. Mm-hmm. As the projector, the projector's back on and the video of the family is playing. He grabs his bat and walks <laughs> through the house slowly. Uh, what's he going to do with this bat? I was going to say, I kept calling him Negan like he thought he had like a <laughs> oh, shit. sick bat. As, he, as he's walking around, a young girl's face, this creeped me the fuck out. So he's walking around in the dark. For me looking around and all of a sudden this young girl's face just like pops up right next to his face yep holy shit of course he doesn't see it because what the fuck else is he looking it's so dark in there i guess right well i have a note about that in a sec here but as he walks away we can see the young girl jump off the table and in slow motion and into the shadows as he continues to walk through the house we can see a young boy walk out of the shadows behind him as ellison is looking through a room we can see uh down like a hallway behind him and down that hallway we can see a little girl in a yellow rain suit looking up at him creepily mm-hmm. um as he turns around we hear a creak and she's gone as he moves and walks around the house, we see another boy quietly sneaking up behind Ellison. And as he approaches him, he goes into another room. Again, as we hear a crack, when Ellison turns mm-hmm. around, there's nothing there. So this like really freaking creeped me out. So, oh, yeah. But I love it when they do this in a movie, like the creaking and the cracking mm-hmm. in the houses. Because like that happens in like real houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's like not seeing these people. So it almost makes me wonder if even if he had turned around and we saw the kids walking, like maybe he wouldn't have. Yeah. But it makes me think, like, maybe these creaks and cracks aren't just settling of houses. Maybe there's, like, fucking little kids walking around the house. And wouldn't she be, like, turning on every light in each room? Like, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if maybe they just don't have lamps or what, but it's like... I'd be getting some fucking lamps. Mm. (sighs) Dude, I don't know, but this scene for me... (laughs) It was, like, late, like, 12 o'clock I was on this scene. I was like, oh, my God, this is creeping me the fuck out. Because, like, dude, my house is, I don't know, it's not real old. It's kind of old, but it creaks and cracks. Do yeah. you walk around in the dark like that? Naked. Like, honestly, though. No, do I? Um, yeah. No, I would probably turn lights on. Like, at least mm-hmm. one that yeah. you can kind of see in the distance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he does no. nothing like that. I would definitely have lights on. <laughs> for yeah. reasons like this. If, yep. I, if there's a little yeah. ghost, ghosty kid coming at me, I want to see him. 
but it's basically like you coming down here and not turning any lights on you know how fucking dark it would be down here and you're just like yeah. wandering around yeah, down like, here like hmm. looking for something hmm, i wonder what that was like when the clock <laughs> fell off the wall and i went down to look i mean i turned on like the dining room light and, like well fuck yeah what if someone was trying to attack you like i wouldn't go investigate a noise in the dark yeah no way mm-hmm. okay so elson checks on the kids in the room and as he checks on ashley she um she appears to be asleep, but when the camera spins around their bed, we can see that her eyes are open. And she's looking at something across the room, like in the corner. On the wall, we see the four dead family members hanging from a tree branch, and we see Mr. Boogie's humongous face painted mm. on the wall. Like, it looks like he's watching the family being hung, but I wonder if he's watching her. Is he no, looking at her? It kind of did look yeah. like that. Yeah, because it's so big. I don't know. Um, this gave me the chills. Same. Mm-hmm. So the camera pans out and we see the little girl from earlier that stuck her face next to Ellison's. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like like crouching in the corner and she like like does the shh yeah. to Ashley. I was mm-hmm. like, holy cow, what a freaking sequence right here in this movie. Um, Ellison continues to walk around the house, locking the doors and windows. He sits down on the couch in front of a big picture window, and there's a light starts shining behind him. So we see the orange light is really the sun coming up, mm-hmm. and he's basically sat on the couch all night holding his baseball bat. That was an amazing scene. Yeah. Like with the creepy little kids walking around, mm-hmm. and then like the Ashley scene in bed. That just like mm-hmm. creep. I was like, oh my God, why did I have kids? <laughs> <laughs> they always attract this creepy shit. They do. The boggle. The boggle. The bo- the bagole. You know what bagole sounds like? What? Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 11. We're becoming friends. Next morning, Ellison and the deputy are sitting in the living room having coffee. Ellison asks him if there was anything weird about the Stevensons. Any complaints, anything odd. So that was the family that lived in his house before him, right? The deputy looks at him like he's crazy and asks him if there's something he wants to tell him. The deputy asks him if his wife knows that this house that they're living in was a murder scene. He tells him no. And the deputy laughs. Uh, he said, this is not a conversation I want to be a part of. So obviously the deputy is even like freaked out by Ellison's family, not knowing the house they're living in. Um, so I think the deputy kind of calls him out right here. He's like, did you see something spooky? Cause Ellison's acting like spooked. Oh yeah. And he looks mm-hmm. like pretty rough. Like, right. So Ellison tells him that he doesn't believe in any of that stuff. The deputy rattles off what type of stuff? Supernatural, metaphysical, paranormal, that type of stuff? I have a note. I said, he rattled that shit off real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of felt like maybe this dude, at this point, I was like, is this guy, like, in on this shit? Or does yeah. he, like, know what's going on? Because at first, we were supposed to believe this deputy is this real big dipshit. Right. And now he's like, oh, yeah, he's like supernatural, metaphysical, paranormal. That well, remember, he did say earlier he took um, criminology classes. Yeah. Mm. So I think he's just like a big nerd. He even okay. said he's like, people think I'm <laughs> mindless or something yeah. like that. So I, really I never not. gathered he was in on it. I just thought he was like a big dork. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, he tells him that the in the short amount of time Stevenson's lived there, they never called the police, never had the police called on them, and nothing ever came up in the investigation. The deputy tells me he thinks that he moved into the house of a murder victim, has put himself under so much stress, and every time he comes to this house, there's an open bottle of whiskey in his office. Mm-hmm. Not good, Ellison. The deputy tells him that he does believe in this stuff, and he wouldn't sleep a night in this house. There were four murder victims hung from a tree out back, and that little girl is probably like God knows whatever God knows what. This is exactly how I would be. I would be like, dude, what the fuck are you living in this house for? Mm-hmm. 
Ellison tells him that the last night he thought something, or I'm sorry, that last night he thought something was in the house and he woke up on the couch holding a baseball bat. The deputy tells him um, that sleeping in this house would weird things out in your head. Why is he not fucking moving? I don't know. I would, I'd be out of there. Like went from forever ago. Yeah. Scene 12, that's a big no-no, Ashley. The scene opens with Tracy yelling at Ellison. She discovers that Ashley drew paintings on her wall, but they were not in her room. They were on the outside of her room. Mm -hmm. He starts lecturing Ashley about painting outside of her room. Ashley tells him that she did not want the picture in her room because that used to be her brother's room. Stephanie, she used to live there. She's the one Daddy is writing his book about. Oh, shit. Uh Uh-oh, Tracy is pissed. (laughs) So we see the wall where the, she drew basically a picture of a little girl on a tire swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellison and Tracy go to the bedroom, like screaming at each other. Um, Ellison tells her no one was killed in the house. It happened in the backyard. Um, she tells him that he's done some crazy shit, but nothing like this. Basically, he's trying to like justify them being there. That, oh, hey, nobody died in this house. And she's like, dude, you crossed the fucking line. Mm-hmm. So they're like arguing hardcore right now. Um, she tells him, and I like this part because she tells him his book is not his legacy. His legacy is their marriage. And, uh, basically their children are going to be his legacy, Ashley and Trevor. Um, and then she gets up and walks away. So honestly, I thought the acting in this scene was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Ethan Hawke and the, the actress that plays Tracy, they did really well. You could tell like screaming back and forth at each other. They were, they really got into it, but I mean, they, I think it really came across well. Mm-hmm. Agree. You also get the understanding of how far gone Ellison basically is. Mm-hmm. Like he's done, mentally out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a bit of a temper. Like he can kind of like lose it almost when he has to like. Oh yeah, right. Because yeah. we'll I haven't said about anything. Because I haven't said I feel like he's losing it at this point. Yeah, I think so, and I think that um, he does. He I, it makes me wonder because we don't really get a lot of background on him. But I wonder if maybe he grew up like kind of poor, and then he went to this extravagant college, which I talk about later. Um, he became this famous writer, and now he's like still chasing that. Like he doesn't want to lose it because he never had it. He's got the the you know the 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 British wife. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I wonder. Yeah. I feel all- like he's clearly missing his fame. Yes, because he keeps mm-hmm. watching his interviews. Yes. So, um, okay, Tracy puts the kids to bed, and after she puts the Ashley to bed, she finds Allison asleep in a chair watching videos of himself on talk shows again. Again. But he's discussing his family and how success doesn't matter after a while. It's your family that matters. So this scene really, it comes around full circle at this point because he's mm-hmm. watching home videos, not of his family. Of himself. Of just himself. And what's funny to me is that he's doing that, but... He's investigating a case where all he's doing is watching home videos of other families, like hanging out, mm-hmm. like probably what his family should be are on these tapes. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but all he's doing is watching family videos of, it's not a family video. It's him of himself on like an interview, right? Right. All right. Scene 13, wake up Ellison. The scene starts with Ellison in bed sleeping. We see a bright light on him. Like we see in the projector videos when it suddenly mm-hmm. turns off, when we hear the projector start. Mm-hmm. Ellison wakes up and the sound is unbearable to him as he starts to cover his ears with his hands. We see his feet, um, only see his feet as he walks through the house to his office door. He enters the room and turns on the light. The projector sound stops and there's no projector in the room at all. So you hear the projector. When he opens the door, there's no projector. Mm. Where did it go, Seth? Did you hear like somebody 
laughing when he sits up in bed and he's holding his head. It almost sounded like a. I didn't hear that. No, I noted it with a question mark. I didn't rewind it, but did you hear it? No, dude, you had your shit loud, didn't you? Yeah, and I don't know if that was (laughs) boogie or what that was supposed to be. If that happened, I'd probably throw up everywhere and die. Oh my god! Like if I heard somebody laughing and somebody just shined a flashlight and then I heard a projector and it wasn't there, I'd throw up and die. Mm -hmm. I would throw up (laughs) and die. <laughs> like I just yeah, that's I don't know what else I would do. I would have like a panic attack and die. So he walks through the house and as he's walking, he sees what looks like cuts from a projector. That, so he's like seeing these things, but it's like oh the flashes of the stairs. Yes. Yeah. So in the hallway, he sees the stairs leading up to the attic. Um, this Jess, you said this earlier, but this is the part for me where I was like, this it feels just like the ring. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, here's the note. So the film is based on the movie The Ring, actually, in a dream that co-writer Robert Cargill had after watching the movie The Ring. He had a dream that he went to his attic and found a box of films, just like The Ring, that except it portrayed people's deaths as opposed to what The Ring does. Um, then mm-hmm. the dream he had actually became the opening scene in the movie. So that first shot we see was the dream that the co-writer actually had. Oh, God. After watching The Ring. So it makes sense as to why this movie has such a Ring vibe. And that's weird because I had no idea about that. Mm-mm. You didn't? No. Did you look it up? I didn't. I the, had no idea. The only reason I did is because I had a note here. I said, this movie has a very ringish vibe. Mm-hmm. He walks up the stairs into the attic. The projector's laying on the ground, shining on the back wall. In the room are kids sitting on the floor watching the video as they make the shh sign. Mm. As they do, Mr. Boogie walks into the projector video, and as he gets close on the screen, oh my the God. actual Mr. Boogie's face appears right in front of Ellison, scaring him. Jesus. And making him fall down the steps to the floor. Scared the shit out Dude, of it me. Got me. It got me too. Yeah. On the floor, the projector tapes all fall from the ceiling. Ellison takes them out back and burns them with a terrified look on his face as they're burning. Tracy that, walks. Go ahead. That also scared me too when the box fell. Mm, yeah. It was like, bang. Uh, I mean, we see all these little creepy ass kids and you're like, oh, this is fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why kids like creep me out for some reason. Because they turn around real slow and do the shh. Yeah, and then here he comes on the screen, and then boom, there he is. Bam, right, right in your face. That fucking music that's playing is yeah, like weird. tribal. Yeah, I was like, weird. The score through the music. whole movie is really good. Yeah. Like the weird culty, sacrificial music or something. It was weird. So as he's burning the tapes out back, uh, Tracy comes out, comes out and asks what the fuck's going on, basically. He tells her that he made a huge mistake coming to the house. They have to leave right now, get the kids, pack the car. We are out of here. And then he screams go at her. Like he's like screaming. Like he's yeah, a he's crazy like, person. I got really mad at that point. I was like, yeah. motherfucker, why don't you help get the kids together? It was yeah. your idea to bring them out here. I would have been going off if I was her. <laughs> Fuck you, Allison. Look here, you butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Inside, Tracy and Ellison wake up the kids and load them in the car. As they're driving, Tracy tells Ellison to slow down. He tells her he wants to put as much space between them and the house as possible. And I feel like he's drunk, right? He has to be. He looks yeah. like he's fucking wasted. Well, as they're driving, they actually get pulled over by the police officer. As the cop walks up, we see that it's the sheriff. He tells him that he was driving fast because he was taking his advice and getting out of town. Never going to look back. The sheriff tells him that he doesn't want to be reading in his book that angry townsfolk chased him out of there. He tells him that there won't be any book. The sheriff tells him to keep it under 60 until he crosses the county line. Then he'll be somebody else's problem. Hmm. I like this sheriff, man. Mm -hmm. Man, he's a good guy, the sheriff. Scene 14, home sweet home. 
The scene opens with the family in their old home. As movers are moving all their old shit and Nelson's phone rings, it's a deputy. He doesn't answer it. At this point, I made a note. Like, the family looks happy. They look healthy. He doesn't look drunk. Like, they all have their color back. They're like, it's like, oh, wow, okay, they made it. Tracy tells uh, tells him she bets him 10 bucks Trevor sleeps through the night. Later in the night, Ellison is putting his office stuff together as he gets an email from Professor Jonas. In the email are pictures of a scorpion and a, uh, the symbol we saw earlier and a snake. He video calls the professor. He tells him there's been a little, uh, there's been so little written about Bagel that no one had scanned anything. So supposedly it's taken him this long because he had to go through all these books, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so due to superstition, people destroyed the images based on believing that he could possess people through images. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Ellison asked him what would happen if the images were destroyed, like in a fire. Professor Jonas asked him what kind of book he's writing exactly, and then they hang up. Yeah, he says, I don't think I have a book. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, but to me, he says through the images, so not through the videotapes, but through the image. So I think at this point, Ellison thinks that this, this Boggle guy or this creature is trying to possess him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ellison deletes all the videos from his computer, declines another phone call from the deputy, and takes some of the box to the attic. As he gets to the attic, he finds the black box of projector tapes that he had burnt at the other house. Mm-hmm. He dumps them out on the ground and finds an envelope that says extended cut. Ellison takes the extended cut tape and matches it to the correct projector tape from the earlier films. As he does, the deputy calls again. Finally, he answers the phone, and the deputy tells him that the problem is that he moved. Mm -hmm. Shit. The deputy tells him that when he was putting all the information into a nice readable format, he found the connection. So maybe you're right, Seth. Maybe this dude just is a huge nerd. Mm -hmm. Each of the families had lived in the house where one of the earlier murders had taken place. When you put them in chronological order, you can actually draw a straight line from murder to murder. The deputy tells him that since he moved out of the house, he not only sped up the timeline, but put himself directly in it. Ellison turns on the projector to watch the extended cut video. So this deputy basically said, hey, dude, you're fucked. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit here and watch another creepy movie. Yeah. So we see the family hanging out from the tree and the little girl, Stephanie. So it's the scene from the beginning of the movie. The family are hanging from the tree, and then all of a sudden we see the little girl, Stephanie, climb down the tree. She starts like, hanging on her dad's leg. That was fucking creepy. And then walks up to the camera, again, making the shh sign. We mm-hmm. see the, the, the fire scene, the drowning scene, the massacre scene, the lawnmower scene. And at the end of all of these scenes, the, the missing kid, the kid who's supposed to be missing, uh, walks up to the screen after murdering their family and making the shh sound. Mm-hmm. Ellison walks back to his desk, picks up his coffee mug. At this point... Because you saw him drinking the coffee earlier, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he's walking back and he picks up that mug, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Uh-oh. <sighs> Inside, you can see some white powder floating around in the mug on top of the coffee. There's a note next to it that says, good night, daddy. As he falls to the ground and lightning flashes outside, we can see Ashley standing in the doorway behind him. She says, I like that you made the movies longer. I like them better this way. Mm-hmm. So this scene with the coffee and this whole thing, it actually took 19 takes to get right. How come? Uh, I don't know. They just couldn't get the camera angle right or, or what, but they uh. took 19 takes to get this right. So this goes back to the scene earlier where the wife says, oh, he like, he's particular about his coffee. Mm-hmm. And she was teaching the daughter how to make his fucking coffee. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> So Ellison wakes up and we see that he's been duct taped. He's got his hands are duct taped behind him. His feet are duct taped and uh, his mouth is duct taped. 
Ellison sees that Tracy and Trevor are also bound as Ashley drags an axe into the room and says, don't worry, Daddy, I'll make you famous again. Oh, shit. That might have been my favorite fucking line in the whole movie. This chick is so creepy. Oh, my God. So you see her holding the camera, right? So mm-hmm. she sets the camera down on the ground so that Ellison's face can be seen. So a few notes right here. So he thought the person was drugging them so they didn't have to overpower all these people. But in reality, it was the kids drugging the parents mm-hmm. because they're little kids and couldn't overpower anybody. Right. Oh, my God. Scene 15, the final scene. We see Ashley walk down a hallway dragging the axe just that she just used to kill her family. There's blood all over the axe. There's blood mm-hmm. everywhere, right? There's blood down the hallway, all over the walls, and we can see drawings in the blood that lead to a doorway with the symbol from earlier on it. Mm-hmm. We see the previous five kids walk down the hallway as they stop, the camera pans out, and Ashley's sitting at her dad's desk drawing a picture. She gets up and walks around the desk to the projector looking at the kids on the screen. Suddenly, they turn around and run away from the camera, and the camera shows Ashley's head turn, kind of like Michael Myers-esque. Well, the kids did it first. Oh, the kids made the turn and head. she did it, and then he was right there. Okay, so the kids turn their heads, run away. It pans out to Ashley. She, like, does this Michael Myers head turn, and as the camera pans out, we see that Boggle, Mr. Boogie, is standing directly behind her. He picks her up, carries her off, and we see that then they're just like in the ring. They're in the film mm-hmm. and walking down a hallway. The last shot is of a box of the projector films inside sitting on the floor as the camera pans out. Just as the screen goes black, Mr. Boogie's face jumps into the picture Ugh. for one last scare. That was a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Did so it get you? It did. So you forgot to note the drawing she was doing at the desk was on the box lid. It was the diagram. So it was on the box lid. It was the diagram of the murder. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's the same ones we saw earlier mm-hmm. that the other kids had drawn. Yep. She just added to it. So the kids were doing the murders. <sighs> Creepy. The end. Okay. So creepy. What a fucking movie, dude. I wish I could have watched it twice, but I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. I kind of want to watch it again without the note taken. It would. I know the note taken sometimes kills it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. This would be a good one to watch on the projector outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Probably able to see more, too, with it being like dark outside and then. Yeah, because I watched this during the day, which made it harder to see. Gotcha. I watched it in the white room of pain upstairs, so uh, I had kind of the same issue. Seth, you got to pee? No, I'm good. All right. You ready to rate this thing or what? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, as always, we rate every movie on a zero, thanks to the platform, to five scale. Our previous movies, or our top three, let's do our top three movies. So, you know, there's been a change to this. I'm sorry, everybody. This was my fault from earlier, but our top rated movies with an average Stabby's rating. A 4.7 is The Ring, Texas Chainsaw 2003, The Conjuring, and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Seth, we got to get this out of here, buddy. Killer Condoms bringing up the rear every week. Uh, It probably (laughs) will always be at the rear. 1.5 average stabbies. I know you did last summer with 2.8. And Beetlejuice with 3.27 average stabbies rating. Seth. What did you rate HMC number 23, Sinister? I gave this a 4.7. Holy cow! Which is my same rating that I gave The Conjuring. Oh, no. Sorry. It's right above The Conjuring. You think this is better than The Conjuring? Uh, 
You know what? Make it a 4.6. Same as The Conjuring. Yeah, because they're both fucking creepy. You love these paranormal movies, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. I thought you were going to like this movie. I was actually kind of hoping you'd never seen it before. No, I have. I just, you know, I forgot a lot of it, though. Mm. It's a good one. It's very underrated. And I've never seen the second one. I don't think the second one's as good. I don't remember watching it, but I remember not being as into it as the first one, if Mm. I remember correctly. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong once or twice before. Isn't he in the second one? Boggle? No, Ethan Hawke. No, but I think the deputy is. I thought somebody was. I thought somebody was. Yep. All right, Justin, since this is your movie, we're going to let you go last. I rated this movie a 4.5 Stabby's rating. I did rate it the same as The Conjuring. I thought it was just as good. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I think it might have been a little bit better than The Conjuring, but this movie is the entire reason that I changed my Texas Chainsaw rating. Because I went and looked, and I forget what I had Texas Chainsaw at. Is it on your guys' what my previous Texas Chainsaw was? Mm. It's like a 4.3 or something, wasn't it? Yes. And I was like, I like Texas Chainsaw more than this movie, but this movie is just as good as The Conjuring. So that is what made me change my rating. That's why I think we need to split them out. Yeah, maybe. Because it's hard to compare this to a slasher movie. Mm, Yeah, I agree with that. But that's probably why our ratings were so different, right? True. Jess. Your movie, Sinister, HMC number 23, Sinister. You get to close. You're the the walk-off home run hitter. What would you give your movie? I gave it a 4.8. Which I think is the same thing that I gave Texas Chainsaws. It is. You gave The Conjuring a 5, though. Oh, yes. And Scream a 5. Yep. Man, you are. You are just on it, dog. You are on it. So is this in your top five favorite movies? Mm, probably not top five, like top ten. Yeah. yeah, this would probably slot into my top ten. Ooh. <laughs> slot into mm-hmm. my top ten. Yeah. So creepy. It it's like just, sticks scary. with you. Mm-hmm. That face. Oh, it's the kids. The kids are what do it for me. We'll talk about that and getting lit. Talking shit. Speaking of which, why don't we just jump in to getting lit? And talking shit. Let's talk some shit. Let's talk some shit. Seth. So, the critics at Rotten Tomatoes, those stupid idiots, they gave this movie a 63% on 154 ratings. The audience gave it a 61% on 79,000 ratings. IMDb gave it a 6.8, which is 68%. We at the Horror Movie Crew, which everybody should be really listening to our ratings to find out what movies are. Yeah. 4.63 average Stabby's rating, which is uh, roughly like 92.3%. Oh, wow. So it didn't, it didn't uh, top the top rated movies. It's just below. It's actually on par with Scream. I think Scream got a 4.63. Because hmm. yep. Seth rated it so low. Um, <laughs> I don't think my rating was that low for that. For box office for the movie. I'm sorry, budget was $3 million. The box office was $87.7 million. This movie made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why the sequel came out. But it sucked. Thoughts after watching. You guys know I always got some thoughts. I'm a thinker. Mm. So people tell me, they're like, Josh, you're a thinker. <laughs> First note I have, I kind of talked about it already, so I already blew the wad, Seth. 
Jess. Oh, now no. we know why they were being drugged. It was because it was the kids doing the murders. And right. for me, mm-hmm. it was fucking creepy. It is. Those kids, even when they come back, like later, like probably the for me, the creepiest with the kids was when they're all walking around the house and he can't see them, but you know they're there and yeah. you hear the creaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even at the end, when they're up in the attic, every scene with these kids is fucking creepy. Like when they're in the attic and they're like watching the projector and he pokes his head up. Um, and then at the end, when they're walking down the hallway, like it's in... The little girl in the yellow raincoat. Creepy. Mower girl. Yeah. Mower that girl. was the mower girl. Yeah, because it was raining. God. Yeah, it's mower girl. Did you know she had blood splatter all over the yellow raincoat? Mm. Ugh, could you imagine running over somebody's Sick. face with a, with a lawnmower? <laughs> no. Yeah, like, especially your parents. Yeah. <sighs> like, well. Shoot. That'd be a shitty way to go. Yeah. That would be terrible. Because it would take a minute. Do you think it would kill you immediately? Not right away. I mean, probably within seconds, but it would be instant. You'd feel it like stuff get cut off. Do you think it'd be like when you hit hit something hard with your mower and the blade stops, like, kink? Or do you think it would really cut you up? I think it'd probably cut you up. Mm. I don't know. Google it. All right, so I looked up if uh, Bagul, Mr. Boogie, Bagul, if he was real. So here's what I found. Bagul, the so-called eater of children, seems to have been molded after Moloch. The Canate... Don't know. <laughs> the Canate deity of child sacrifice. So in the Hebrew Bible, Moses warns the Jewish people about worshiping Moloch. Uh, you shall not give any of your children to devote them by fire to Moloch and so profane the name of your God. Whatever. On Sinister's official Facebook page, the comparison between Mr. Boogie and Moloch is made explicit. The movie villain is called Brother of Moloch and it says that Mr. Boogie mimicked Moloch's worship and child sacrifice rituals before Moloch furiously shut Bagul, Mr. Boogie's mouth with ash for all of eternity. Bagul is also similar to another deity named Baal who had demonic attributes. So this must be why his mouth is always shut. That's mm. what I gather. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah, this dude is fucking creepy, man. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have a mask. I wonder if they have his mask. They have to. I Do you think? think? Gotta have this I would one. think so, yeah. I think it's popular enough mm. that they would need it. I never I'll really noticed it. what he was wearing. It almost looked like uh, dress clothes, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Huh. Like a suit? I think. Maybe we'll have to look that Let's up. Go back and look. But you're I was so, looking at his face. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> so focused on his face that you don't really look at what he's wearing. I mean, it was black. It was dark. I was thinking it was just like a gown type thing or like a robe. <laughs> a robe. <laughs> a halter top. And it was a halter top, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of halter tops. Cut off jean shorts. <laughs> <laughs> big fan of halter tops. Um, so one thing I have noted is that they really do a great job of bait and switch in this movie because the... From the beginning where the kid comes out of the box backwards, mm-hmm. he's the kid has night terrors, he's creepy as shit, hanging out in the bushes. Like they're making me think, well, if it's not Ellison doing all this murdering, it's probably the kid, that kid, right? I would not have right. guessed it was the little girl. No. no. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I thought that they did a great job with that. Um But one other thing is we kind of touched on it briefly, but Ellison's clearly losing He's clearly okay with it, that he's losing his family to try to further his career, which he's not really furthering his career. He's just trying to get his career back that he's clearly lost, right? 
Um, so he's not hanging out with the family. He's watching tapes of himself, etc. So Derrickson, the director, admits that they wrote this character as a fear of what they may become as writers and directors in Hollywood. They're afraid of sacrificing their families for their career. So it was kind of like a, uh, I don't want to say foreshadowing, but it's a fear that they actually have in their careers that um, they may lose their families because they become so engulfed with what they're doing. And that's how they came up with this character for Ellison. But I think not even being an actor or a director or whatever, writer in Hollywood, I think everybody kind of struggles with that, right? Sure, of course. Seth doesn't. He is Humphrey, but... I don't know. I feel like you have to be, like, pretty... I mean, who gets that into work so much that, you like, you stop paying attention to your family? Oh, I think a lot of people probably do. I don't know. I think it's probably pretty easy to do. I think if you're under enough stress or whatever yeah. in your job that... Well, I guess so. Yeah, I think it would be very easy to do. But uh, I thought that was cool how they, they wrote that. But, uh, again, Ethan Hawke, he played Ellison. He wanted the uh, Bennington College on his shirt the whole time. He felt that it was expensive, elitist school, and that would have been the school that Ellison would have went to. So I think that kind of plays in what I was kind of saying earlier, is how he – again, we don't have any backstory on Ellison whatsoever, but to me that kind of plays into the, the lifestyle that he wants that he's so desperately grasping to have or get back to because he had it at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Because we see their previous house, and their previous house was really nice in comparison to that little house they moved into to write this book. So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, one other cool thing about the movie, it was all shot out of sequence. So, similar to what um, John Carpenter did with, with um, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, they came up with a, like a five-level scare scale so that he knew how scared he was supposed to act. And during the scene where he sees the kids in the attic, they showed him the scene of Shelley Duvall in The Shining with the axe coming through the door. And they said, basically, this is the level of scared you need to be when you um, film this scene. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it's fucking cool, man. (laughs) What else you guys want to know? I know all kinds of cool stuff. Throw it out there. Uh, Throw it out there. I don't have anything else. Oh. We'll cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, kids, let's hop into the horror movie crew favorites. <sighs> Jess, what was your favorite scene from the movie? I liked when he had his face like pulled up on the screen and he fucking like Turned. looked over at oh. him. Yeah. I think so that's my that favorite was, like, too. That's your favorite? So creepy. Yeah. Um, My favorite. You don't go, so that was yours too? Yeah, that was probably the one that creeped me out the most. So it's when Ellison's looking at the pictures mm-hmm. and you see Mr. Yeah. Boogie's face. Mm-hmm. Okay. My favorite scene has got to be the last shot of the whole movie where you find out that Ashley's the killer. She drags that axe into the scene. I like how the scene is shot because it's all, he has his fireplace going. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie's been dark. We've, we've complained about the whole time. Or we didn't mm-hmm. like complain. We made light of it. This scene is not like this scene where you finally find out, okay, hey, this is who's doing this and here's why she's drugged him. If there's lightning crashing outside, you see that bouncing off the walls, but then the whole scene is like illuminated in orange because of the fireplace and you can see what's going on. So I really mm-hmm. liked how they changed that up once we finally find out who the killer is. Um, Seth, favorite kill? Oh, this is tough. Hmm. I think I might have to go with the tree hanging. Right out of the gate. That's the creepiest one, I think. I mean, the other one, like the car fire one, I mean, isn't that... I guess the pool one's kind of creepy. 
Not the lawnmower? Yeah, I don't know. That one's just kind of gross to me. So I'm going to have to go with the tree. The tree one was eerie, and I think it lasted the longest. Cause well, like, they show it several times. Yeah, that's so, true. That's yeah. true. And then you see the little girl draw it later, which is mm-hmm. also creepy. I could see why you'd pick that. Uh, for me, again, it's going to be the ending the ending scene where Ashley kills the family. I just I love the way she acts in this scene, and I've already touched base on it, so it doesn't matter. But Jess, what was your favorite kill in the movie? Um, it was a mix of the hanging and the lawnmower. Those were crazy. I still think the hanging one was the most creepy. Like, well, with the branch like said, coming eerie, down real slow. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, plus, did you notice that the lawnmower scene, they only show you the one mm-hmm. kill? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, you've seen enough of this. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. need to see all of them. Yeah. Okay. That's so fair. Uh, one thing you liked about the movie, um, I'll go first. I like the score. I thought the score was really good. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about it, even right out of the gate with that gritty music at the beginning. I really like the projector scenes. I'm a huge fan of the ring, which everybody already mm-hmm. knows, but like, I really like the ring vibe this thing had and the way they kind of brought, uh, that aspect into it. But I also, I, I'm going to pick one thing here, but I also really liked Ellison's character because we all sat here and picked him apart and everything we said, which we find out later here as look, looking into the movie is what the, the writers were trying to get across or portray. So to me, that means the writing was exceptional for the movie mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously that last scene is just fucking amazing. So sorry, Jess, what was your thing you liked about the movie? I liked that it was the kids like doing all the, the dirty work and you, you kind of didn't really see that coming until a certain point. Right. Well, you did just, you see it coming funny. before that? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I didn't either. I just assumed it was Bagul. Yeah. Boogie. Boogie. Mr. Which I mean, really, it, it is like mm-hmm. manipulation wise, but. Right. I mean, in a way, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's creepy. Seth, what was your favorite? What would, what did you like about the movie? I'm sorry. I like the atmosphere of it, that it is kind of like the ring. And I like how they do the dual, like, so there's the scary shit happening and then, like, the family crap happening. Mm. Where Ellison is acting like Loomis from Rob <laughs> oh Zombie <my> Halloween <laughs> 2. That's a good comparison. Uh, I just thought of that right now <laughs> as I was thinking about it. But yeah. Maybe he is Loomis from Rob Zombie's Maybe Halloween 2. he is. So, I don't know. Just the atmosphere, it was, it was just, it was good. It was creepy. Creepy, creepy. Creepy, creepy. Jess, one thing you did not like about this movie so damn dark yeah i'm gonna have to agree <laughs> so dark like turn on some lights yeah like okay. one at least or something <laughs> like uh, carry a lantern doesn't have to be all of them <laughs> mm-hmm. i just i think that's so anybody would turn a light on true yeah true you know what i mean yeah especially with multiple scary things happening right and every night yeah <laughs> every fucking night for me what i did not like about the movie was how shitty of a dad ellison was but i think because i disliked it so much that means they did a good job of portraying it in the writing Mm -hmm. and in the acting so my favorite thing is that he was such a shitty dad or i did not like that that was not my favorite (laughs) thing my least favorite thing was the way he acted toward his kids um like i said earlier it kind of it just really bothered me throughout the whole movie but what are you gonna do Mm-hmm. Kids, that wraps it up for HMC 23. Sinister Jess's pick with an average rating of a 4.63. That ties it for second place. Oh, shoot. Damn. Well, I mean, we do have one, two, three, four movies tied for first place. Oh. True. And then you've got Scream and Sinister tied for second. 
I don't know. What are you going to do? Seth, HMC number 24. That's going to be your pick, my friend. Do you already have a movie picked out? I do. Ooh, I, I do. Lay it I on us, dude. Do. Tell us what HMC number 24 is going to be. Insidious chapter one. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is going to be the paranormal month. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while, so I'm excited to watch it again. Tip through the tulips with me. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait. I have one more thing for you guys. Fuck. I forgot. Oh, God. What the fuck? Is this like a butcher knife? Is it another sausage? <laughs> Ew. What is that? I don't like that. <laughs> is that a fucking eight? Uh-huh. Is this Super 8 fucking real? <laughs> yeah. No. I'm scared. Podcast recording. Is there anything in it? <laughs> Do you have a projector? Yeah, it actually looks just like that one. This makes me want to puke and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ew. I feel like I'm going to die tonight because I touched that. I'm not touching it. We need to take a picture of that for Instagram. That's yeah. awesome. Do you see what it said? Podcast recording 20. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jessica should, just died. Should put the butthole recording. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica just died. I did. She I projectile uh, vomited. Fucking died. <laughs> Are we done, Seth? Yeah. You don't have any more surprises? That was my last surprise. Can you put your pants on? Oh, no. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>